This podcast is brought to you by Enrollment Resources, Innovations in Enrollment Management. Learn more at enrollmentresources.com. Okay, so let's, uh, let's get going. Um, this is a, an obscure but very important topic, uh, and it is uh, about the secret sauce or the, the key needed to be effective in enrollment management, specifically marketing in this day and age. So uh, let's, uh, let's get into it, and, and let's talk about some of the things that people will often tell us they feel are the, the core um, elements, the secret sauce to marketing. One of those is, uh, is lead generation. Uh, particularly, this is um, an area that's promoted heavily by lead portals, uh, ad agencies. They would argue that the core to marketing is generating enough leads to stuff the front of the sales funnel. What do you think about that? Well, Greg, I, I think that's an important part of it. You know, I don't know if I would call that the secret sauce, but that's certainly a core component. Much of our work and client work is spent around lead generation. Interesting, but you know, it's not really the that uh, it, it doesn't really drive the uh, all the marketing activity. It's it's really your your lead generation is only as important as the, the your your strategy that you bring to bear i think that's a well, good can you comment. can you explain that a bit more well sure um, generating traffic you use vehicles to get in front of people and you either uh, interrupt them such as putting ads on facebook or on radio or in the newspaper in other words people are doing other things um, and then you try to interrupt them to convince them to take a different action. That's called interruption advertising. And then there's search advertising, which has historically been the domain of the classified section of the newspapers. And now, of course, in recent years, it's now become the prominent domain of, um, of the um, uh, search engines, Google and Bing and Yahoo, mm-hmm. and so uh, that's where somebody will type in um, something into Google with a specific way to um, uh, specific interest. So it's like going to the library is like going to a search engine. But all of these items are um, like vessels, and and inside the vessels there's an essence or a message. So this is getting a little bit obscure, but you can have a fantastic vessel like Google or a a fantastic newspaper that you're going to advertise in. But really, if your copywriting and your uh, your messaging is garbage, um, those vessels are useless. So, in other words, yeah, that's right. So, so is it then the, the is it the copywriting then that's the secret sauce? <clears throat> I think copywriting is um, is gets closer. You know, um, the the copywriting is really crucial inside a website. Um, most traffic seems to drive to the websites of of schools these days, and then within that, copywriting is really a, a very important component as far as and engaging and communicating with people. But again. You know, you can have really crummy copywriters, people who are just not good at at 
creating a connection point with somebody who's who's coming to that website. So it's not it's not copywriting, it's not lead generation, then it must be what, branding? Could that is that the secret sauce? Like this Greg, we made a big promise to the folks on this call that we're gonna share a huge secret, right? And and um I wanna make sure it's a good one. That 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 so is it about branding then? Well branding no, not really Shane, because you know um, branding is is a an expression of something deeper and more resonant. Branding is simply fifty ways to communicate um, your essence, what, why you're in business. So, um, brand the the outcome of branding is you create a consumer insurance. So, a consumer they they recognize a brand and they go, oh. That's a good product. That's a good shirt. It won't rip. Um, oh, that's a good restaurant. I won't have a bad meal. Uh, oh, that McDonald's. That's uh, I'll get served quickly, and I know exactly what I'm going to get fed. Mm-hmm. That's branding. And so there are there's like a hundred ways, a hundred tactics that somebody can reinforce that brand. But what sits underneath that brand? That's the key. And so. Uh, it's the same with with admissions. With uh, you know, admissions people are are so often driven to put asses in classes, and um, and in a way that's a, a form of it's an execution of activity. But what sits underneath that process? That's the key. And so I guess really um, getting right to it, the most important item, the secret sauce, the source code. For all marketing and all business, really, is um, is based on one word, Shane. What's that? It's the word why. The word why. So all this, this whole secret thing, this is all based on the word why. That's yeah, the secret. I'm, so I, I'm sorry if, if you guys were expecting something different, and that might be a little underwhelming, but yeah, it's based on the word why. And the Y is a simple, silly little word with three letters, but it is the most powerful word in in marketing, and it drives absolutely everything in what you do. Okay, I'm not sure if I'm buying what you're selling right now, Greg, so you're going to have to explain this. Sure. I'll, let me use an analogy. You have la- you have guys that are uh, create laptops, right? And mm-hmm. what they do is uh, they, they sell laptops, and... How they create the laptop is through componentry, plastic, keys that you type on, power sources, and they assemble them at, um, at um, uh, out in China in factories, and they're distributed through retail stores. Now, Apple, they have the identical resources, the same engineers, the same Chinese factories. They use similar chips and plastic casings and power sources. Yet, why do they dominate? Why does Apple dominate? Any thoughts? You're an Apple user. Well, I guess they they would dominate because they have a, what better products? People like more. They're oh, innovators. Yeah. Okay. So they're innovators, um, and, and that, and I guess so. For them to get to a place of being able to innovate in marketing, they they have to ask the core question: Why? Why are we doing what we're doing? So Apple 
they come from a place of why. Why do we do what we do? And every activity, every uh, expenditure of effort and budget, all is anchored in that one word. Why are we doing what we're doing? And um, and so their core their core essence, their why, why are they doing what they're doing, is they want to create a, um, a better life for people using technology as an interface. The core why for many other producers of laptops are to maximize shareholder value. And so it goes in the education field. If you want to ask yourself at the program level, why do we do what we do? Well, is it to protect my job as a program leader? Is that your core why? Is it to um, uh, work up the food chain in terms of uh, promotions within my organization? If you're a, a, cor- a publicly traded school, is uh, the program de- delivery part of an overall why of maximizing shareholder value, which by law is the predominant uh, essence for a publicly traded company? Why do you do okay. what you do? So really, you're talking about culture then. You're, you're really talking about this why question is, is the what drives the, the soul of the enterprise, so to speak. Absolutely. Uh, a, an articulation of, of why the soul of the enterprise, why it, it runs, and why it exists. And, and the, the spawn, the first, the first child... Of, uh, of that conversation is your product offering, your product innovation. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And okay, so, it's in, and so your, Greg, your notion or our notion, I'll, I'll, I'll buy into this now, is that before anything, before any of the big, you know, where you spend your money and how you go about enrolling people and all that stuff, uh, the uh, first question is how do we what is this the driver of the soul of the enterprise that's my those that's my language but uh sure this is nothing kills uh, a crappy uh, offering uh like a great marketing campaign and and having been in the ad agency business in years past in another life i can tell you i have been personally responsible for uh, killing a couple businesses by creating some fantastic uh, marketing campaigns. Can you explain that in more detail? Sure. I have a memory of this this restaurant, and um, it was a brand new restaurant, and the um, they were they ran a, a soft opening, and uh, and the food was off, the timing was off, it, it just wasn't quite right. And it was a 200-seat restaurant. It cost a million and a half dollars to renovate this restaurant to to present it for market. And uh, and what I did is I came to them and they'd hired me to to fill the restaurant. And and I came to them and I said, Have you really looked at why you're doing this? And and are, are, what is your attention to greatness here? And they just basically talked me down, shouted me down and said, you just get people in here. We just want to make some money. we got a big restaurant, great location. And I said, ah, you know, I don't think so. You, you, this product's not right yet. And they said, you just do your job, kid. I went, okay. And so um, 
loaded the restaurant and just loaded it for the first week, which is what you need to jumpstart a great restaurant. And then all of those people promptly went out and told everybody how crappy it was. And within three months, they were dead, dead, empty. And within six months, they were out of business. Million and a half dollar investment down the drain. Hmm. And and I would maintain, Shane, that that's what's going on today in um, higher education. I think there are a lot of programs... A lot of programs that are like that restaurant that I just described, resting on their laurels, just churning out semi-useful pap, not been updated for innovation and knowledge, and and uh, just really less resting on their laurels, trying to maximize the return on investment for that original curriculum that they invested in, um, lazy faculty. Um, that you're just teaching out students and just uh, just mailing it in. Okay, interesting. So we're, we're the, the the why is per product. So what? Okay, look, Greg. Let's. This is you know interesting, but how do we make this actionable and how do we help people on this call? So what what is the what is the starting point to to build a fantastic product that gets referred like crazy that makes it easier to market and sell and enroll students into? What's the the starting point of that? That's a great question, Shane. The first step that you have to do is, and and we're looking at this at now from a a program level, folks. It's not from a school level because really a school is just a conglomeration of programs. So Mm -hmm. from a program level, um, you have to reframe uh, who your real customer is. Okay, and this is well, going to the students are the customer, right? No, absolutely not. The students what? are not your customer. The, your students are your inventory. The students are the inventory. For, well, who's the customer then? The customer are the employers. So the employers. The employers of the graduates. Okay. Those those are your customers, and without. Um, employers readily hiring graduates then the marketing and the admissions uh, they they are problematic and they don't work okay so so the employers of the customer the the end user or the the end person we're trying to serve as a enterprise so in in other words be able to supply them with what effective graduates that are employable functional people that are going to help their cause yeah, and you said you said the um, employ the students were the inventory. What do you mean by that? Well, it's a it's a unique industry in that um, in that the mar- the retail marketing, if you will, and the admissions effort is all designed to attract students into a school, whether it's a not for profit or a proprietary school. It really doesn't matter. And the moment that that student. Uh, becomes um, uh, a student in the school, they become inventory because they become the product. In other words, a school, a program, uh, is only as strong as the collective skill, energy, uh, and reputation of the graduates. Education is an outcomes-based industry. And if your graduates are weak and they are incomplete and they're not filling the needs in the workforce, whether it's uh, a law degree 
whether it's uh, in high tech or cosmetology or business or what have you, then um, the people who are actually the, the people ultimately paying for the survival of that school, the employers, uh, will not support it. And if the employers do not support the program, then the whole thing withers and collapses because with the notion of the Internet in particular, peer reviews are, are, are relevant. Right now, for instance, in the U.S., Shane, there are tons and tons of websites um, that have been started by the graduates of law schools all over the U.S., encouraging people and warning people not to go into law school because there are no jobs waiting for them upon graduation. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's amazing. There's this whole kind of Yelp-like peer review infrastructure of graduates, uh, and you just have to go onto LinkedIn, on Facebook, and you can quickly see um, who is offering a lame degree or a lame program and who ha- offers programs that are relevant it's absolutely crucial. So, re- so Greg, respect. this is really one of those look in the mirror things. Then it's fundamental because I guarantee you, probably most of the the schools uh, in the marketplace, probably many of the people on this call today, they do not legitimately have strong relationships with employers. They probably talk about it <coughs> and think, "Well, hey, I think we're I think we're well perceived," but there, there's not a lot of direct outreach to employers. There's not a lot of um, relationship building. There's not the sale is not being made to the employers. The effort is the making of the sale to the uh, to the prospective student. Yeah, I would agree with that statement, Shane. And I think it's very short-sighted and tactical in nature. And uh, I think it is partially responsible for the spotty reputation that many post-secondary programs have today, because. They've been so myopic and focused on generating revenue off the backs of these poor kids um, rather than really taking a strategic and a social view of um, why they exist. And, and so, so Craig, ahead. and sorry, to bring it back to this why as the kind of like metaphor for this whole thing, why are we in business to supply employers with uh, quality labor? That would be a, an answer to that question. Yeah, that's one answer. The other answer is uh, um, we're in business to, my program's in business to, uh, to support um, and enhance uh, this industry that I'm teaching out for. And, and I'm a, a conduit to help create a super strong aerospace industry in Southern California. I am in business to help support um, creating award-winning cosmetologists in Chicagoland and uh, becoming best in, in North America in this, in this creative pursuit. I am um, here to support the Silicon Valley in, in um, having super uh, le- levels of talent coming into high-tech companies. So that's, that is one why, why you're existing. Mm-hmm. I would argue that people that say they exist is to help the single mom uh, with the two kids living in the basement get a better life. Um, well, that's really a lot more endearing, and it, it really tugs at my heartstrings, um, actually, because that's the that's the background I I grew up in. Uh, I would say that that's not the 
the most important why. Because without a really good program offering that fits exactly what the employers want for this mom who lives in the basement with the two kids, the mom is getting ripped off. She's going deeply into debt for student loans for a, a program that she's been told through the marketing and admissions it's great. The program offering doesn't fit. The employers don't quite know who the graduate is because they've uh, school's not made an effort to brand themselves as a top source of labor, and then they inevitably leave uh, and graduate highly disappointed, and then they start getting on to um, peer review sites. That program's crap. Um, they, they phone consumer um, uh, advocacy at the state level, and then they get the investigations start, and the Department of Education gets involved. And so I would say that all this recent regulatory in- intervention is really just a byproduct of schools being lazy and um, self-centered and absorbed around meeting uh, fiscal objectives, not all of them, but enough of them to go in and, and soil the water for everybody else. So I would say the why is to really get in touch with how you can support employers in having fantastic, fantastic graduates that can be productive. Eliminate all the um, all the questions about moving their operation to China or Mexico or wherever, because the labor is of such a high quality in their backyard. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this this why thing this is you know there's other words you can use positioning core values are sort of similar versions of the same thing. It's the central driving purpose that aligns the resources in the organization and creates a high standard, um, uh, creates a culture of high standard to meet the the needs of the true stakeholder. In this case, our, our notion is the employers. That's what we're really talking about is this, this thing, the secret sauce to make enrollment management work. Yeah, let's use ourselves as an example, Shane. Five years ago, we really had a, a walk in the snow, as it were, and we talked things through for a couple of days, you and I, and we really landed on, you know, do we really just want to be marketing schleps? And, and, and the answer was no. And then we really got down into talking about what drives us as individuals. And it was really, we were fortunate that we had shared core values, uh, one of them being to pursue the truth. And really, which is, the core function of art and creativity is to pursue the truth. Uh, and and so what we set about to do is reshape our entire organization around pursuing the truth. And mm-hmm. so as a result, we have our scorecard offering, which takes people through an appreciative inquiry, pursuing the truth. Often, at the end of the scorecard that we do with people, there's nothing for us to help people with down the road. But what we've done is we've pursued the truth. And way more times than not, we say goodbye, we give people a little uh, action plan to follow, they go off and do things themselves, they come back a year later, six months later, because of that, we've stayed within our bounds of integrity. Now, I would suggest to you that if, and I'm talking program leaders, if they start to look at their program offering and saying, how can we... um, 
really connect with what's important. A lot of the, the, the effort and the budget put into marketing, a lot of the effort and budget into admissions won't be necessary. What happens is if you, as a program leader, can make friends with your 100 largest employers who could potentially hire your grads and have them give you really intricate, detailed feedback on how to massage your, your offering so it's exactly what they want, then what happens is as, a, as the first byproduct, those 100 employers, amazingly, will start to back-channel you referrals. And we all know referrals convert in about 30 to 50% range, depending on the um, externals. But that right off the hop, replacing Internet portal leads that convert at 1% to 2% with referrals that convert at 30 to 50% is a massive, massive upgrade in the survival and the thriving of your program. So that, that and for if you want to be mercantile about it, that reason alone and nothing else is, uh, is a reason to go and, and look at this in a different way. Hmm. Sorry, I've been babbling away here, Shane. I apologize. No, I, I you know, Greg, you've won me over. I, I'd actually like to share a little, uh, a few qualifying questions that, uh, that were published by Jim Collins that I think are helpful, that um, I, I really like, so I want to cite the source here. And these are ways to know whether the, the driver in the organization is meaningful or not, you know, or the driver mm-hmm. in the department is meaningful or not. So there's some kind of rhetorical questions that have the yes or no. So, and, and Jim Collins, for anyone who doesn't know, he, he wrote some, written a number of great books. One of them is Good to Great. Um, the other one, I forget the name of it. It talks about c- c- kind of core, core philosophy or core values that drive exceptional organizations. Greg, do you remember the name of that one? It's a couple of years old now. Oh, you know, you know, it slips my mind, but I'll, I'll figure it out. Anyway, yeah. so here, here's some of the questions he is. If you were to start a new organization, would you build it around this core value or this core why, regardless of the industry? Would you want your organization to continue to stand for this core value 100 years in the future, no matter what change occurs in the outside world? Um, do you believe that those who do not share this core value, those who breach it consistently, simply do not belong in your organization? Would you personally continue to hold this core value even if you're not rewarded for holding it? Would you change your jobs before giving up the core value? If you woke awoke tomorrow with more than enough money to retire comfortably for the rest of your life, would you continue to apply this core value to your to your uh, product uh, to your life? And so what I found interesting in reading these and thinking about uh, you know, in, in our own business here and, and thinking about the clients that are very successful because they have a really clear driving purpose and they're very aligned with the needs of their stakeholders and are really kicking butt, and as a byproduct of that, succeeding and making money, as I thought, as I was reading this checklist and thinking about both us and them, personally, I'd answer yes to all these questions as, you know, one of the uh, leaders of this enterprise, and I believe that our clients that are running very successful organizations also would say yes to these. So, but Shane, here's the question to you: Is we we run into so many of these schools where the program leaders um, have their heads down, the the 
the directors of education don't see themselves as part of the the marketing uh, solution. Where you know you go to any B school and you get into your marketing 101 class, you have the four P's of marketing, and the marketing profs will drill into your head. The most important P is uh, your product offering. And it's not about a better mousetrap. It's about um, filling the needs of your primary market. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so what, what's the question? Why don't people understand that, acknowledge it? Yeah, why don't people understand that and acknowledge it? Why are they seduced by these fringe guys who are driving these marginal leads when the you know that internet leads don't work if the copywriting doesn't work copywriting doesn't work if you if you're not really in touch with how your offering is beneficial and you can't provide social proof um that the employers are firmly behind you um uh, in in supporting this program and that doesn't happen if your uh, your program education delivery is not just like razor sharp and and connected to the needs of the employer community. Right now, so many programs uh, instead of razor sharp, it's like a butter knife. It's brutal and sloppy, and there's no continuing education attached to these program offerings. And the employers get clearly underwhelmed, and then there's tremendous pressure on career services, those poor people, to try and take these people who are kind of three-quarters trained in the eyes of the employers and stuff them into that uh, in new job market. And normally in a, in a hot economic climate, that would be fine. But when that grad from that program is competing with a guy with 20 years' experience who's angry because his wife is yelling at him because he can't make mortgage, I guarantee you that that guy's going to come in sharp and angry and he's going to win that job competition. And uh, that is what people have to wake up to. Well, and so you, you, you'd asked originally why, why is this the case? Why does this happen? Uh, my personal belief is that uh, it happens because uh, profit because profit is as ch- ch- chased as the outcome where I believe profit is the byproduct of, of uh, a successful outcome so oh, in you, other words you dirty you, little got, socialist I know totally you know you know my libertarian posturing aside um, well here's why like if you look at the last 10 years and and the so we, so we have the Department of Education who is unfriendly to for-profit education. The not-for-profits are saying, "Hey, why have they, have these guys gone from uh, you know f- four billion a year in, in student loans to or in, in Title IV money in the U.S. to uh, what is it, twenty-five billion or thirty billion? I'm just trying to look up the stat as I'm talking. Uh, anyway, the, the massive growth. So the private schools have, have enjoyed massive growth in access to Title IV money. The question is why? What's driven that? Why? What are your thoughts? Partly what's, I believe partly what's driven it is the Internet itself, right? And so the rise, the, the corresponding rise of the lead generation machines servicing these schools have driven that. And, and you know, and, and they have, you know, 
some practices are good. Many are kind of marginal practices of which they're going to probably suffer the consequences at some point. But what's happened is this has all been driven by the motivation of money, not excellence. So we're going to have a whole industry that has basically ballooned up in the last 10 years that is due to collapse probably in the next five. And that, at minimum, is the lead generation companies that have, you know, grown to be massive, you know, or large companies that probably are going to collapse. And then the large uh, f- f- um, publicly traded schools that are the primary customer of these large lead generations are, are also likely to collapse. Their, their stock prices are down. They're viewed as, uh, Greg, what's the term, value mines, value landmines? Value, value traps. Value traps, meaning despite the low, um, the low, the, the low share price and the seemingly favorable, um, uh, what's the term? Price the, to uh, earnings. Price yeah, price to earnings. Yeah, despite what on paper looks good, they're value traps because they're never, they're never going to improve. And so, so I would suggest. I know I'm rambling. Just give me one more, one sec. I would suggest all this happened because it was a bunch of people chasing profit, not chasing a higher outcome. So along those lines, you know, now we see recently um, the uh, uh, the DOE Education Committee have now upped the ante and they've gone to the Federal Trade Commission and they've asked them to uh, investigate and ultimately regulate the entire Internet lead generation industry. Again, a profit play, a play on money. And well, that's Greg. That's exactly it. And so uh, I predict, and you know, when we have we can look back at this period in time in f- five or ten years, it's all, what's going to have happened is a bunch of companies came and went. Some people made some money. Some lost some money. It um, created an environment of increased regulation and grief that penalized the people that are actually doing good work and actually. Um, have created and are building organizations that are centered around the outcomes for the student and the employers, and it's just penalized everybody and um, ultimately rewarded the uh, not-for-profit community college-type schools that, frankly, do a poor job of um, connecting with employers and connecting students to outcomes. Interesting. So the the good people, the Kaiser family, the Herzing families, the USADA families of the world are uh, are are just getting um, those people who hold that higher ideal of of um, being a con. Well, heck, Greg, I was just visiting one of our clients, uh, you know, a culinary school. You know, this is a, a mom and pop type school that's graduating probably between 250 and 350 students a year. That is doing an amazing job. They're doing a fantastic job. The employers love them. They've got a fantastic reputation in the market. Uh, the students are getting incredible outcomes. They do an amazing job of training them. And there's, there's hundreds, thousands of these kind of schools out in North America doing just a great job that are largely suffering because they're getting tagged with all the same BS because of this, um, because of all the crap that's happened that's been motivated simply by the pursuit of money. And it's so shameful. Shane, so Shane, it's clear I've won you won you over here in this talk, and um, and, and you know there <laughs> there could be many people on this call who think that you know uh, I've grown horns and uh, and that you know crazy marketer, why are you talking about? Um, 
but really, folks, this what we we want to do in this conference call is help you to reframe your thinking, and you know, trying to to change things by doing the same thing harder is a is crazy. I think Einstein said that, and or a version of that, and it's important to start to reframe how you view your relationships in the market out in the world. We have to end the call now. We've, we're actually eight minutes over, and um, it's been an well, interesting Well, Greg, I would suggest, I would, yeah, I would suggest this. I, I, I personally like Jim Collins' stuff a lot, and I've, I've found a nice little PDF that uh, talks about criteria for um, a positioning statement or a, a kind of a why statement, is, to use your language. So I'd be mm-hmm. happy to share that if you want to email in. And uh, well, actually, uh, Shane, yeah, to, to, I can. I have an even an even better idea. Why don't we couple that little um, Jim Collins uh, text uh, with a little twenty-minute complimentary consulting session, where we can oh, even better dig in and talk about a school's core strategies. So, folks, there's two things you can do if you want to access this, and it's just for the people on this call. And uh, you can text in, and the text is 250-888-7111. That's 250-888-7111. Or you can call our colleague, Paul Bertarelli, and he's just standing by, and his phone number is 250-391-9494. 250-391-9494. Or you can email Paul at Paul at enrollmentresources.com. So I guess, Shane, really, what we can do is hang out for a few minutes informally, and if anybody has a que- any questions on this, we can take some calls. But otherwise, folks, we want to be respectful. We promised a half an hour. We're a little bit over, so our apologies. But we, fo- we really hope that you can take some of this to heart and, and think about it a little bit, and hopefully it will give you some insights. Shane, any uh, final words? No, just I appreciate everyone um, sitting through. It's a very esoteric topic. Yeah, thanks, everybody, and go uh, go take on the day. Uh, Shane and I will hang out if any of you have any follow-up questions. Take care. So I think we need to unmute everybody. Hello. Hello. Oh, hi. Hi. Who's this? It's Maxine from Max. Hey, Max. Hey, Maxine. Yep. I I was just listening. I was a little late, but actually, I, we know most of that, which is good. Yeah, good. You know, but what the thing that did across my mind, Ubisoft has asked us if we want to be in a relationship with them. Mm-hmm. That's an employer, right? Ubisoft's like Disney. Yeah, a huge like, employer that would be a great benefit to your grads. Also, they're they're major, and yeah. one of the reasons I really want that is uh, exactly what you're talking about. I need their input on the curriculum. I need to know, you know, what we should be doing that we're not doing, how it can be done better. But mm-hmm. and I we are in relations with a with a lot of companies, but it's been a while since I've talked to them. So this was good because I'm saying to myself, I need to call all these people again and say, look, we need to know if what we're teaching is fitting in with what's going on now. 
it's good for them just to know we care, you know. Mm-hmm. You sound like you have a concern, though. What? I, of course I have a concern. You know, we're still fighting uh, to make this school exist, and it's always, things are always shifting and changing. So in terms of even if we were usually successful, I think you're right. I mean, you have to be fine-tuning and be aware of the fact in our industry things are changing constantly now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, are, is what you're teaching still relevant? Are there things that need to be added to the program? Some of that feedback we can get from the people who are teaching because they're also all industry professionals. They're working. But, but it's good to, to double-check it. But we're still in a battle royal, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, good things are happening. We're featured on um, Concept Art World has featured us, which is huge. That's a very good website that features concept artists from all over the world and companies and has a training section. And, you know, so that, all that kind of good stuff is happening, mm-hmm. but we're still not, you know, we're still recovering from what happened to us, and we're not yet in a position where we're safe, really. I'll know, I think I'm doing much better this year. If I can hit the targets I need for enrollment for next year, I think we're going to be okay. You know, so, so and I thank you for everything because tons yeah, of new yeah. ideas we've we've used. Like I have um, faculty now doing all tours. You know, the, he- the heads. So the head of animation does all the tours for people interested in animation. I do them for concept art. The guy who's the head of illustration for sequential arts does them for that. Um, I'm doing all the calling because you you said you have a separate person doing the calls, right? We hired somebody, instead of hiring somebody at admissions, we hired somebody to do all the, uh, to be the admin assistant, to do all the, the really the clerical part and keep that together. And that's working. It, it, it is working. Great. So so, and, yeah, it, I'm getting so to know the, the job the tactical really well. Things, so, yeah, no, I, I, I just I want to get this, see if there's any other feedback on the call today. But So what I'm hearing you say is because you, you've got the, the foundational stuff in place and now as you're executing on some of the tactics to get better in how you run the business, you're right. seeing some success based on that. Absolutely. Plus what you're nice. saying right now is hugely important and not to be forgotten if I don't know, are other people listening to this, or are we in a private call? <laughs> no, 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 other people are listening. Oh, okay. <laughs> because we're, we did all this, but what you reminded me of, and I thank you, is that years pass, and you have to go and reconnect with all those businesses again and say, are we still hitting the target for you? Are we still giving you what you need? You know, well, that's and Maxine, in your particular case, I think that's it. You, like you've got the solid foundation where you guys lost um, focus and and where you got to kind of light a fire under some butts is um, m- making sure that you don't lose sight of that employer group and really executing on some stuff to like improve the fortunes of the business, right? Right, because these industries, I mean, I'm sure you're talking to people from all kinds of industries, but the ones that we serve are, my God, they're changing like lightning. Yeah, if you don't keep up on that, that's your your moral obligation is to keep up with that. That's right. It's shifting like crazy. And and that is hard for schools, I think, you know, but you have to do it. So I just thank you for everything. If everybody oh, wants to hear, let them all hear. Because oh, all, nice. all the stuff that we've done that you told us to do is is definitely working and really helped just to get a handle on, on how to do this for a So we're not, full, they're not full of crap? Not at all. You're, you're dead right. on. <laughs> <laughs> Good. You're dead on. 
Is there so any I other uh, any other? I want to thank you, Maxine. Is there any other thoughts anybody wants to share? Questions? <laughs> no, it sounds <laughs> like. Yeah, no, it sounds like we're wrapping up our call then. Yeah, maybe I am alone. <laughs> no, no, no. So, so be well. And, yes, and you thank too, you. and and do keep in touch, and and everyone else. I will. Else I'll let call. you. Yeah, I'll let you know uh, how it moves along. Okay. Yes, please do. Thanks a lot. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye, folks. Bye-bye.